to listen to the Left Traffic Podcast. What is up, Lap Traffic Nation? Welcome to episode 289 of the Lap Traffic Podcast. I am your host, the Professor Brandon Crowd. Uh, hope you all had a fantastic weekend. Hope you all are having a great week. It is a rare Thursday posting of the Lap Traffic Podcast, uh, which means two things. One, it's got to be a damn good reason to be doing a Thursday show this late in the week, which uh, if you saw on Twitter, it's a very good reason. And that is because the legendary Steve Latarte is going to be on the show here a little later, uh, which is awesome. I mean, what a perfect time to get Steve on um, to talk about all of the things going on as we wrap up the regular season this week. I, I am amped to talk to Steve here in just a little bit. Um, let's see. There's so much going on. It's been a minute. It's great to be behind the mic. Uh, before I get into everything, uh, real quick, uh, as you guys know, as I mentioned, we're wrapping up the regular season this weekend, and anything can happen in Daytona. Experience the thrills, the drama, the acceleration, all on NBC. The last chance to qualify for the playoffs continues this Saturday night, August 27th, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on NBC and Peacock TV. Yes, that's right. We are well beyond due uh, for a night race. So I am pumped that we're getting a Saturday night Daytona race to set the playoff grid and also to set the playoff grid for live traffic fantasy. So I, I am beyond pumped, as you can tell, uh, to get things going. And uh, I also, if you are in the Daytona area, want to go to the race uh, and don't have tickets, but you can get there. You just need to get through the gate. Uh, the first person to hit me up, I may have a pair of tickets uh, to be able to give you. So uh, there's that. Uh, there's no tweets. There's no nothing. It's it's who's listening and who's listening in the Daytona area or that can get to the Daytona area and needs a pair of tickets to Saturday night's race. You just let me know. Be the first to let me know. Uh, and to do that, uh, just uh, fill out the contact page on the website, thelabtrafficpodcast.com. First person to do that. Uh, I think I can hook you up. So there's that. Okay. Uh, it's been a minute since I've been, uh, since I've posted, uh, took last week off, um, took, uh, Lindsay and Alden on our, uh, Lindsay and I do an annual trip to Mackinac Island, but it was our first family trip, which was awesome. Uh, and it was not a vacation by any stretch, but it definitely was uh, an adventure, as I'm sure all you first-time parents can relate to uh, the first time you headed out of town with your first kid for the first time. Uh, how many bottles do you bring? How many diapers do you bring? How much extra clothes? Uh, and, and what made this more of a unique situation is that um, Mackinac Island, for those that don't know, uh, it's about a 15-minute ferry ride from Mackinac City, which Mackinac City is at the very tip of Michigan. Uh, so once you're on the island, you're kind of on the island because uh, the ferry rides uh, are, aren't cheap. Uh, there's no motor vehicles allowed. 
It's all horses and bikes, uh, which give it its charm, uh, along with the smell of horse shit. That's that is no joke, uh, you know. But it's 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 awesome. Lindsay and I have been going up there every year for a long time, uh, and it, it was so cool to be able to take Alden. Uh, he's a he, he started rolling over while we were up there, which is awesome. I cannot believe uh, he's got his six month uh, checkup tomorrow. Um, so yeah, so so that's what we've been up to, and got some football drafts coming up. Uh, to, we got one tonight as well as the last week of my golf league is tonight. Uh, so I will be drafting while golfing. Uh, that'll be that'll be fun, uh, and uh, hopefully be able to get out one or two more times uh, before the uh, the year is over as well. So that's what's going on in my life outside of work and and podcasting and all that good stuff. Um, hope you checked out a couple weeks ago Joey Logano on the show. That was awesome. Um, Make sure if you're listening on your headphones that you've got both the left and right in. Uh, I was using a uh, travel recorder, so um, it, it, it only, Joey only comes through on one of the sides. So uh, make sure you got both earbuds in uh, if you haven't listened and you want to go listen. So uh, definitely go do that. Uh, like I said, Steve Letarte's going to be on. Um, as you've loaded the show, you've probably noticed it's a little lengthy. Uh, and that is because uh, Studwell and I, we've been doing it, we think, four years now. Uh, our annual uh, Big Ten football and uh, Michigan football breakdown and preview and just had some fun uh, talking football for about a half an hour, which is great. Um, you know, I, I, every once in a while I catch some flack about stick to NASCAR, and I'm like, well, but I love football and I enjoy talking about it. So uh, there's that in the mix. I'll tell you when to fast forward uh, if you need to fast forward. So. Uh, once you get to that, if you if you don't want to listen, uh, you'll hear me say fast forward, and it's about 30 minutes, so you can fast forward there. So, uh, also got Lucky Dog lap down picks, uh, and of course, lap traffic fantasy to close it out. So, all right, let's get things rolling. You hear him each week on NBC. Uh, let's get things rolling. Let's get Steve Letarte back on the line. All right, Lap Traffic Nation joining me back on the line, making his fourth appearance on the show. His name is stamped in NASCAR history. He sat up top of the box for Jeff Gordon, Dale Jr. He's got wins. He's got top fives. He's got top tens. And for the last six years, we've had the pleasure of listening to his call on NBC. Welcome back to the Lap Traffic Podcast, Steve Letarte. Steve, what's up, man? Man, and, uh, you know, just uh, racing, racing, racing. It's getting to be an exciting time of year, right? Regular season coming to a close, playoffs right around the corner. Uh, just a lot of great stuff to talk about. Man, it has been a crazy couple weeks uh, that really kind of started at Michigan, in, in my opinion, really, which, by the way, great to see you in the elevator at Michigan a couple weeks ago. It was great. I love going to Michigan. It was great running into you. And, and I agree. I think Michigan is when it all got turned on its head, right? I think we all thought we could have more winners and it's always a possibility. But then Kevin Harvick kind of came out of the woodwork and that's when it all got flipped upside down. Absolutely, man. No doubt about it. Uh, Steve, I know it's kind of a, a, it's cliche, right? But I mean, it's been a, a very interesting season. What what surprised you? What shocked you? Like, what what's a standout moment for you uh, as we head into the last race of the regular season? 
Well, you know, there's so many standout moments, but I would say the one that I probably didn't have on my radar the most was Daniel Suarez winning at Sonoma sure. and winning in kind of dominant fashion, right? Just closing out those laps and going to victory lane. You know, I look at the rest of the winners. I could, I could, you know, Cindric was a, a surprise, but at Daytona, you can see surprises. I think Suarez is just domination out there at Sonoma. The pace he had was really impressive. Um, that and the lack of wins from Truex and Blaney, I think are the other two big surprises. You know, I think everybody would have had Truex with a win by now. Um, he doesn't have one, and uh, and now we go to Daytona, and I, you know, I won't say anyone can win, but I think the amount of teams that can win, the list is longer than most any other track. So, uh, you know, I think it's going to be an exciting finale for the regular season. Absolutely. Uh, Steve, uh, you know, from a fan perspective, it's been a blast. I know a lot of the show listeners uh, that tune in each week, uh, you know, we're, we're dying to get to 17 winners in a regular season. Uh, we're sitting here with 15 with one more to go. In your opinion, as a former crew chief, do you think we saw 15, maybe 16 different winners this season uh, strictly because it was the first year with the new car uh, and not everyone has a notebook from, from the crew chief side of things? Uh, what, what's your opinion on, on the number of winners and, and the amount of parity that we saw in 2022? So I think there's a few different ingredients. The car is obviously probably the biggest the lack of information with the car, the lack of uh, knowledge on how to adjustment, how to make race mid-race adjustments. But I also wonder, you know, I don't know if that's just it. I also think that, uh, you know, the cars have more parity than ever. You know, you always, you know, the, the cars run a lot of the same components. And I never want to say the cars are the same because they are not. Um, you know, we still have fast cars and slow cars. But the difference is, in years past, if you knew exactly what your competitor had, uh, it still may not help you because you may not be able to build that component or have that adjustment within your car. Now, if you just pay attention and look across the garage area and you see somebody bolting something upside down, right side up, inside out, um, you can chase them. You can follow that lead because everyone has the same opportunities. So I think that was a big part of it. Um, I question if the style of driver that this car takes isn't some of it as well. And then the third part that I don't think people are talking about is the business model of NASCAR and the charter model, I think is just continuing to um, add depth to the field. You know, when I look sure. at the field, say three years ago, I think 25th or 26th was a pretty obtainable goal by anybody entering the, entering the race. And now when we see the green flag um, in most every race with the 36 charter cars, you know, it, it takes a full effort to run 33rd or 32nd. I mean, there are no gimmies anymore. There's no gifts. And I think the depth of ownership is, is spectacular for the race fan. But I also think that's some of the parody, uh, you know, I think track house 2311, you know, those two new teams on the scene now a couple years old, but, and, you know, they're proving that they can win. And as they win, they're taking wins away from the big teams, and that's some of the parity we're seeing. Absolutely, and not and not to mention, you know, throw Colleg Racing into the mix too. Once they get another season or two under their belt, uh, you know, we know what they've done in the Xfinity Series. I would just imagine that that's going to just add to that depth that you're talking about there. Yeah, I mean, I think Colleg. You know, the biggest thing I see is that their full-time driver Justin Haley. I think is having actually a really remarkable. Uh, it's not his rookie year, but it's his first full-time year in a car that I think has consistent equipment, right? So I, I believe that he is having a very impressive, quiet year. Um, so as he gets more and more confident, I think he'll just move farther and farther up the grid. 
And then there's a lot of rumors of what could happen in the second car, right? Will A.J. Allmendinger go in at full time? We're hearing whispers that, you know, Kyle Busch is unsigned. Will he end up up in Pollock's second car? You know, at the end of next year, there's even more drivers kind of moving around and seats opening up. So I really think that's the big story for the next 18 months is where where all the drivers that we currently have go and the ones that retire who fill those seats. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, you mentioned AJ back to back P2s this weekend. Uh, Kyle Larson sweeping the weekend. Uh, the Glen gave us a little bit of everything, Steve. Uh, we raced on both tires uh, racing throughout the entire race in both races. Um, you know, when we look at uh, some of the standouts outside of Larson and, and all that, what, what were some things that stood out to you this past weekend? Well, just the overall speed of the two Hendrick cars, the nine and the five. I mean, they were head and shoulders above the field on Sunday. Um, I thought that really stood out. I expect the cars to find some advantages, but those cars look different, and they look different both on the racetrack, and they look different when you look at the time chart. They had remarkable speed. I think that Michael McDowell showed his impressive road course ability in the wet by driving out to about a 10-second gap over those Hendrick cars, although Tyler Reddick chased him out there pretty good. I thought the 34 also called one of the best races with his transition to dries and then a little gas only. And I think that, that um, that's the biggest thing I think I was surprised by is, is just the uh, variety of opportunity there starting in the wet. I love the fact that, you know, NASCAR is committed to these wet tires. It's okay that we can't run in pouring down rain. I don't sure. think anybody wants to do that. I don't want the fans to sit out there in the pouring down rain. Right. <laughs> so the, the, the big difference is, is when the rain stops, we can put cars on the racetrack. You know, we don't have to wait another two hours for that place to dry. You know, I question if we didn't have rain tires, I don't know if we get that race in. Because uh, that take place takes a long time to dry just using jet dryers and air tightens. So uh, that was a big surprise. And then, you know, the depth of field was a big talking point going in. I was not surprised to see the results the way they were. I hate that Kenny got in the accident. Um, you know, I think he was going to run somewhere right around 20th, which is where I thought he probably would end up. But um you know, the depth of field, like I said, I think our NASCAR stars are very, very good. But I think the, the positive sign of NASCAR is some international stars want to come join the mix. Absolutely. Uh, you know, it just adds to the crossover, uh, which is, a, a, you know, great from a fan perspective. Uh, I, I don't think anybody would, would argue that for sure. Um, Steve, all right, I, I got to ask you again from the crew chief side of things. Uh, you know, you know you, you've been there uh, as, as far as. Uh, you know, Chase and, and Larson uh, having some disagreements there, if you will, post-race. Uh, you know, if, if you know, how, how do you coach your, your, your driver, your team? Uh, if you're Mitch, Mr. H, you know, how, how do you reel everybody back in heading into the playoffs after, you know, the, the, that, the, the ending that we had at the Glen? Well, we already heard from both Chase and Kyle Larson at that Martinsville test, and I think you, you're already hearing the right sound out of both of them that, you know, Kyle might have been could could have been maybe a little bit more respectful, and maybe Chase should have expected a little less out of his teammate. You know, when I go back and watch the restart, I think Chase could have done a better job getting down on the corner. I think Kyle could have been, done a little better job not not you know locking up his tire and kind of running the teammate up. But in the end, it wasn't super egregious. You know, it looked like. Um, you know, it looked like a pretty fair game move. If they weren't teammates, I don't think anybody would have even questioned it. It wouldn't sure. have been a conversation. It would have been a pass for the win. And because of that, I, I think that Chase, and he said it himself, he didn't have any comments about Kyle Larson. He said what he needed to do better, what his team needed to do better. I think that's Chase Elliott. That's what makes him a champion. That's what's probably going to make him a champion again in his career. 
Um, and when I rewatched the restart, really the only surprising thing for me at Watkins Glen was Chase's frustration after the race. I didn't think what Kyle did was super egregious. Um, and I think if Chase could go back and do it again, he would probably be a, be a little more aggressive and race his teammate a little bit harder. And I think the race fans should applaud that. You know, the last thing we want is two guys at the front of the field, you know, handing out participation ribbons and helping each other to victory lane. We Absolutely. want to see two superstars uh, battling it out. And that's what we saw. So, you know, I've seen worse. I've seen more upset drivers. It, it, it's a little bit of a talking point, but I have a sneaky uh, suspicion that Mr. Hendrick and Jeff Gordon have have got that behind them very, very quickly, as they should, because I expect these two are going to continue to race against one another very deep into the playoffs. Absolutely. There's no doubt about that. Um, speaking of playoffs, uh, Steve, um, you know, NASCAR put out a tweet today that uh, Kurt Busch is uh, going to miss the start of the playoffs. Um, you know, obviously want Kurt to, to get uh, as healthy as possible to be able to get back into the car. Uh, but from a playoff perspective, do you know what happens with his playoff spot based on our, our current system? You know, how, how that will have implications? Well, from what I understood and I've read all the releases, you know, this really all, all kind of hangs on what Kurt decided to do. So Kurt has accepted that he's not going to be back in the car. So he then uh, removes his application for a medical waiver. And what that basically triggers is as soon as he doesn't start the Daytona you know, race on Saturday night, he's no longer a playoff eligible driver because he hasn't attempted every race. Um, you know, he, he had a medical waiver, which is what they applied for after the Pocono accident. Yep. But when he removes that waiver, he now is no longer eligible. It's no different than if AJ Allmendinger would have won a week ago, right? He's not eligible as well. Sure. So that means that if you remove Kurt Busch, that puts Brian Blaney and Martin Truex Jr. in the last two spots. So, um, you know, really, if you're Truex, you were just given a really big gift, right? Because now you were on the outside looking in. Now you're instantly in the last spot. Now, if I know Martin Truex Jr., he isn't going to love the fact that that's how he got the last spot. He's probably going to feel for his uh, veteran, um, you know, com opponent in Kurt Busch and hope for him to get back in the race car. But he's just going to take what's been given to him, which is the last spot. Now his goal is to not be eliminated with a new winner, right? He needs to either get in front of Ryan Blaney on points or win the race himself to assure that he won't be eliminated. Because if he's behind Blaney in points and, you know, Brad Kozlowski wins the race, then Truex went from out to end out in about a 24 hour period. That would be, uh, that would be a lot of movement. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Uh, so that kind of leads into, to, we'll, uh, I'll wrap it up a little bit with you is, you know, could we have, could NASCAR have, created a more perfect fitting last stretch of races here you know we, michigan uh you know the big the, the the big two mile track to the short track at richmond to the Glen, to wrap it up at the super speedway uh to let anything happen you know to to you know it's not like we're going to kansas to where we could you know have a pretty good idea of, of who's going to win uh you know we are going to daytona to where we could get a spoiler here at this last one uh, i'm absolutely pumped uh, for, for Saturday night racing at Daytona. Yeah, listen, there's no better place to start and end the regular season. I think moving Daytona off the 4th of July was a spectacular move. I've talked to businesses down in Daytona, as crazy as it is, they're thankful the race isn't in the 4th anymore because they can fill their hotels and their restaurants just with the holiday. And now there's a race in early September or late August that they get to fill their hotels and their restaurants again. So it's great for the community of Daytona. 
Um, I think it's great for the NASCAR fan. It's great for the teams because now every team feel like feels like they have a chance. You know, it is a great situation. You know, the Kurt thing I hated to hear today. Um, you know, I was really looking forward to giving Kurt his due in the playoffs as a longtime veteran of the sport, winning a race and requalifying for the playoffs. I, I was excited to talk about how impressive his career had been. I hate that we don't get to do that, but I, I'm glad all the mechanisms are in place that that we don't have to talk about the what ifs and the rules and the special circumstances because, you know, it's really black and white in my mind that, you know, once he removes his application, he's actually removing himself from the playoffs. Now it's who can race their way in. And man, if you look at the guys that are currently outside the playoffs, but in the top 30 in points that have a win at Daytona, it's a long list, right? Eric Amarola's on the list. Brad Kozlowski's on the list. I mean, Ryan Blaney's in the playoffs. He won this race a year ago. So there are many guys. Bubba Wallace has not won at Daytona, but he's finished second in the last two Daytona races. So there's a lot of drivers you can make a very solid case for that, that they could win and upset everything. Absolutely. Oh, crazy to think, man. We, we, we've got an interesting uh, uh, last 11 races here coming up for the season. Uh, Steve, man, this, this is a blast. Thank you so much for coming back onto the show. Uh, where can everybody keep up with you on social media? Any plugs, anything like that that you want to do? Yeah, as always, I'm always on Instagram and Twitter. Just at Steve Latart. Tweet me. Let me know what you're thinking. Like, you know, uh, I love to engage the fans. The fans have been great this year. The racing's been great. And then, you know, most importantly, just tune in and watch. Right? We've had this transition to USA. The fans have found the racing. The ratings have been great all day Friday from Daytona. We'll be on USA. That's Cup qualifying, Xfinity qualifying, and the Xfinity race. But don't miss the transition. When we move to Saturday, we go from USA to Big NBC which also gives the fan the option to stream it on Peacock. So Saturday on NBC, Friday on USA, tune in. It's going to be great. Regular season finale for the Cup. We still have a few more weeks of Xfinity. Uh, that's pretty interesting as well. See if Sheldon Creed can find his way into the playoffs. Uh, so a lot of storylines, a lot of activity. You know, there's nothing like the high banks of Daytona. I'm excited to travel down there and get going. Absolutely. All right. Lab Traffic Nation, huge thanks to Steve Letart for calling in and setting it up perfectly to, to end the regular season this weekend. Uh, Steve, it's, it's been a blast. Look forward to the next time, man. Enjoy the rest of the season, and we'll talk to you soon, man. I appreciate it. Thanks, man. We'll see ya. Oh, Lap Traffic Nation. How cool was that? Steve Letart, love talking to him. Uh, just a wealth of knowledge, uh, always got high energy, which uh, I think you guys know I've got some high energy, so it, it just makes for a great interview there. And very interesting uh, about Kurt Busch and how that will all play out there. I mean, like Steve said, you know, it's not like Martin Truex Jr. wants to get in under this quote-unquote provisional, if you will, with Kurt Busch, um, you know, but, but you know, I'm – He'll take it, right? Like, you know, because what if he gets hot? Uh, you know, it, it's possible. Who would have thought Kevin Harvick was going to go pick up back-to-back -back wins? Uh, it happened. Uh, you know, Martin Truex Jr. could very well go out there, win the first race of the playoffs, and, uh, you know, get on a heater. Same thing could be said about Kevin Harvick. And, and Steve also brought up the point of, you know, Martin Truex Jr. needs two things to happen, either him to win or a repeat winner. Uh, one of the 15 that have already won uh, to guarantee his spot into the playoffs there. Um, you know, anything crazy 
uh, else happens, then like Steve said, you know, he's in, he's out, he's in, he's out, uh, which man, that that's, that's crazy emotion right there for sure. So uh, definitely looking forward to seeing what happens there. Uh, definitely hope the best for uh, Kurt Busch to uh, continue to heal, get better uh, and get back in the race car. Uh, definitely. Uh, he's going to want to come back with some unfinished business and, and definitely make a statement uh, once he is able to get back into the car. Uh, I wonder at this point, since he is kind of withdrawing himself there, you know, is he just going to, you know, maybe sit out the rest of the season, not take any chances? Uh, I would not be, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't blame him uh, or, or anything like that. We, we all know the seriousness of, of concussions uh, from the NFL side of things, from, from Dale Jr. and, and the, the, the research and stuff like that that he has done. Um, you know, so we will uh, we'll we'll see what happens there with 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 Kurt, and definitely interested to see what happens now from the playoff picture. You with Ryan Blaney, Martin Truex Jr. Those are the two that all eyes are going to be on, and any possible spoiler Saturday night. It's going to be awesome. I. Oh, I, I've never been so excited for a Daytona race outside of the Daytona 500 as I am for this weekend. That that much I can tell you with without a doubt. All right. Well, Steve and I covered a lot there, uh, and there's just a couple other things I want to touch upon. Uh, I mean, trucks, we still got a minute before the playoffs pick back up with them. Uh, September 9th at Kansas. Uh, didn't talk too much about... Um, the Xfinity race there. I mean, Kyle Larson sweeping road course. Uh, you, you don't hear that too often. You think of sweeping, you're thinking, uh, you know, Kyle Bush at Bristol. Uh, you're thinking maybe at Michigan with uh, somebody in a truck, um, you know, so to sweep Xfinity cup at a road course, that's pretty cool. Uh, talked about Dinger for a little bit there with uh, with Steve. And, I mean, we, we you know, they've got a couple more races to go here before things all get said and done. Um, you know, we, we kind of now have a little bit of a points battle. Uh, you know, Landon Castle has fallen out of uh, the top 10 there. Um, you know, Sheldon Creed sitting 13th, 484 behind Ryan Sieg in 12th with 523. Maybe we got a little points battle there. Um, you know, we'll see. And who knows, you know, somebody might be able to surprise us uh, and pick up a win here at, uh, I'm calling it Wild Card Weekend. Uh, we got Wild Card Weekend in the NFL. I'm calling this Wild Card Weekend Daytona. Playoff implications will be impacted this weekend. Uh, and I'm not sure if that's really a bold prediction or not, but that is, that is my prediction. Um, and then I wanted to bring up, uh, Matthew Kendrick at CH9SE fan. Uh, he's been following a long time, uh, listening for a minute, which is awesome. Uh, appreciate you. He sent a question or a comment, wanted my my comments on it. And I'm like, you know what? I'm saving that for the show because it's been a minute since I've talked about it. Uh, and some of my opinion has changed. Some of it hasn't. Uh, and, and he put out on a tweet, um, you know, that only cup rookies should get a double duty pass after the stripes come off pick a series run it no more screwing with xfinity truck points and no more free practice quotes for the cup guys so here's my take on that a long time ago 
uh, I am a hundred percent on board with that. Um, you know, we, we go back way old school. Well, not even way old school, you know, but we go back to the mid two thousands, uh, when you've got, uh, Carl Edwards, Brad Keselowski, Clint Boyer, Kevin Harvick, uh, you know, pulling double duty every weekend, almost, um, I, 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 I was in that same, same line of thinking there. And, and I'm like, you know what? Enough's enough. Let these guys that, you know, cause winning's everything, right? Let these guys in those series go get the wins so that that can help them secure the sponsorship to, to get to that next level, whether it's, you know, truck to Xfinity, Xfinity cup, what, what have you. That was my big take on that. Um, over the years, uh, you know, with the podcast, getting to see a little bit more of the the behind the scenes, if you will, uh, I like that NASCAR has limited now the number of of um, you know starts that these guys can have uh, based on your seniority level in the truck and Xfinity series. I like that, um, and I'll tell you, I don't remember. It wasn't Michigan, but it was one of the tracks I went to a couple years ago. Uh, Kyle Busch in the media center was talking about, I want to say this might have been 2019 or 18 in Atlanta uh, because Kyle was going and and I think he won like the 50th truck race or or something like that. It was around that time. And he talked about how him running those five or six races, yes, he's going to go out there and dominate. But that helps provide and secure the sponsorship for the other two drivers that he had at the time. Uh, I think it was Todd Gilliland and and somebody else for them to be able to run a full season. So that was an eye opener for me in terms of, okay, Kyle Busch, KBM provides a value having their trucks in the truck field. And so for him to go and run five or six races to have two competitive trucks funded full time for up and comers, I see the value in that. You know, now here is where the, in, in my perfect world, um, you know, I, I like that we have limited starts. I think that's fine. Here's here's the one tweak that I would make that I would that uh, Matt, you let me know your thoughts on this. I would like to see. And that is, all right, we look at the Xfinity series, right? Kyle Larson, uh, you know, won the race. Let's say Kyle Larson won the race. Let's say he won uh, both stages, right? So his max points that he could have earned if he was in the Xfinity series, 60 points, right? A.J. Allmendinger finishes second, okay? And let's say he came in second in both stages, right? Um what I would like to see is NASCAR award the points to the top finishing Xfinity drivers. So, uh, you know, let's say, you know, if, if Kyle Larson wins stage one and gets no points for that, obviously, right? If AJ Allmendinger uh, finishes second, but won the stage from the Xfinity series regulars, I think he should get the 10 points and the bonus point. You know, that's what I would like to see. So that, A.J. Allmendinger technically finished second, uh, but should have gotten, you know, the five playoff bonus points if he won since he's in the Xfinity series. To me, that's what I would like to see. Uh, I think it would stretch out and make the standings a little bit more uh, close, if you will. 
uh, you know, I've been complaining about it for a minute here that we really don't have a a playoff uh, bubble race in the Xfinity series uh, unless somebody goes out and wins at a road course outside the top 12 or maybe wins at Daytona this weekend. Uh, so that is where that's where I'm at on that. I think that would help the parity from a points perspective, uh, both in the truck and Xfinity series. If we awarded stage points and bonus points, playoff points uh, to the highest finning series regular finishers in both stages in the race. So that's where I'm at. Let me know if I'm crazy on that, everybody. Let me know what you think there. So, um, all right. Uh, I think Steve and I covered the, the cup side of things uh, pretty well there. Let's uh, keep pressing on and let's do a little lap traffic social media. Everybody, make sure you check out the website, thelaptrafficpodcast.com, Facebook, TikTok, Twitch, Instagram, Twitter, all at Lap Traffic PC. Yes, we're making TikToks. Go check them out. Having some fun with that. Uh, if you've made it this far into the show, leave a review, iTunes, Podbean, or your favorite hosting site. Tell your friends, all that good stuff. Make sure you're following at Atlanta Racing and at the Throwback Brand for awesome giveaways. Uh, I'll have a giveaway here in a little bit. I did one a couple weeks ago, which was awesome. Got some new follower shout outs. Uh, the Furies at The Fury 6. Marine Corps Vet, thank you for your service, sir. Uh, Fantasy Racing Cheat Sheet at uh, Fantasy Racing CS. Uh, go check them out for your edge on uh, daily fantasy uh, betting. You all know I'm a big fan of the gambling there. Uh, Chris Thayer at Chris underscore Thayer 44, NASCAR fan from Cleveland. And uh, Rick Ware Racing. Yes, the at Rick Ware Racing gave the podcast a, shot, a follow, which is awesome there. Don't forget, I've got stickers and koozies for you for free. All you have to do is fill out the contact page on the website, thelaptrafficpodcast.com, and I will get those sent out to you, no problem. And don't forget, anything can happen in Daytona. Experience the thrills, the drama, the acceleration all on NBC. The last chance to qualify for the playoffs continues on Saturday, August 27th, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on NBC and Peacock TV. So make sure you are tuning in. I will be tuning in. Cannot wait. I think Lindsay's going out uh, Saturday night, and uh, Alden and I we're gonna we're gonna hang out and we're gonna watch some racing for sure. All right, uh, let's let's get to uh, the doctor Aaron Studwell. Let's get to some weather and let's get to some Big Ten football. All right, Lap Traffic Nation joining me on the line. You can follow him on Twitter at RaceWeather along with Brian Newdorf at NASCAR underscore WXMAN. The all-knowing, all-predicting from the University of Michigan. It's Mr. Aaron Studwell. Sir, good evening. How are you? I'm doing well, sir, and yourself? I am good. I am good. I am excited. Uh, we talked about it a couple weeks ago when you were on that uh, our, our next time together was going to be the uh, – the Michigan slash B1G uh, preview that we have, uh, it's become an annual staple as of late here these last few years with us. And uh, we will, we'll get to that here in a little bit, uh, but we'll do NASCAR stuff first for, for those that are here for uh, the NASCAR part of the podcast, if you will. Yeah, it is called lap traffic for a reason, mm -hmm. but yes, we both do enjoy uh, some good football talk. Yes, absolutely. All right. Well, let's dive in. Uh, Watkins Gledman. Uh, crazy, crazy Sunday, Saturday, not as bad. Uh, but, uh, what'd you think of everything? I thought both days were good racing. I thought 
you know, I'm glad the lightning moved out. That was a bit of a surprise when it, the first strike was within two miles of the track. Um, but that moved out a little bit later start. You know, there was a, to me, there were some current concerns about, Hey, we're getting to within 30 minutes of sunset, 45 minutes of sunset here. Um, I thought the racing was good and, um, you know, post-race and today sports talk radio, I think a lot of manufactured outrage. Yes, absolutely. Well, you know, you, you couldn't have asked for any more unpredictability, if you will, with two races to go in the regular season. Um, you know, we, you, you had McDowell out there. You, you had a few people out there uh, that were strong at times, obviously not at the end. Uh, but um, it, it definitely added to it. You know, you throw in the, the rain, you throw in the fact that we ran uh, both tires, uh, the, the, the slicks, the moist tires and, and all of that, if you will. Um, you know, so it just added to the chaos uh, as we wrap things up here this coming week at Daytona. Well, it's exactly how they've scheduled it to be. They exactly what they wanted. They want a product about to be out there that I don't want to use the term unpredictable. Because, but just see, because to see see Michael McDowell out front going in stage three is, you know, I, I wouldn't have bet against it. No. Now, when push comes to shove, who has a better car, Hendrick or FRM? It's going to be Hendrick, and Hendrick's going to pass him up. But it was a great outing, as great racing by uh, McDowell. Absolutely. And yeah, it was nice to see Riken in there until he was sacrificed at the altar of Chastain. Um, and, um, you know, just like I said, manufactured outrage. And, you know, people are going to come up and say, and I don't remember who said it in the post-race show, if Kyle doesn't race him hard there, if it starts smelling like team orders, yeah, I think people are going to be more outraged. Yep. I mean, I love it, to, to be honest. I mean, it creates great it, – it, it creates, I don't know, a rival, so to speak, uh, but it creates the desire, I think – for the casual fan to to tune in whether they did or didn't tune in uh you know they they've now heard about it and i mean what else could you expect as we head into the playoffs with you know tempers flaring uh not to be cliche but it is um as as this thing gets this gets going here in a couple a uh, couple weeks so i i love that aspect of it you know i i, I think there's some you know and even when uh, they shifted the schedule and they put Daytona as the last race of the regular season. I was very vocal about being against Daytona uh, being the last regular season race, uh, just because I'm not a huge fan of that style of racing. But uh, the last couple years, I've I've bought into it and I'm really bought into it now uh, as we were possibly closing in on 17 different winners because that just would have added so much chaos. I mean, you know, obviously, can you call this, uh, you know, NASCAR manufacturing uh, the, the the product, if you will? I don't know. I'd go that that hard to it, but I would I would say that obviously NASCAR knew what it was doing uh, with, with putting these last couple races together the way they were. It's not manufacturing the outcome, but it's manufacturing the interest. Yes. And I don't have a problem with that. Mm -mm. I think if you you want the ratings, you want people to tune in. So now I've got a Saturday night event yes. on one of the most historic tracks in the world. And there's a good chance if somebody hasn't won this year yeah. that they could go to the playoffs. I yes. mean, top 30, what more could you want? Absolutely. Yep. And it's and it, it it's the track that that can happen at. You know, we've seen exactly. it. Exactly. 
you know? Yep. So I love that. All right. Um, Under the lights. It's got to can't be yes, better. I, I did not realize until I was doing the fantasy updates this week that it was a Saturday night race because I, I just feel like we haven't had one in a minute. So I just assumed it was Sunday and I am even more excited for a Saturday night race at Daytona to close this thing out. And I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm amped and I don't get amped for Daytona and Talladega. Uh, and, and I'm, I'm jacked. I'm, I'm ready to tune in and see if anybody, not that there's spoiler to be played, but there, there could be in terms of, you know, if a, someone outside the top 16 wins, then that's, you know, either, well, that, that means it's Martin Truex not making the playoffs, you know? So right. I am, I'm excited to tune in and see what happens. Yeah, and I think that well, I'll, I'll be down to Virginia International Raceway for the IMSA weekend. Awesome. But I know where I'll be. But I know where I'll be Saturday night. Right. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, all right. Uh, let's. You want to knock the weather out of the way before we uh, we we dive into some extreme football talk here. That makes sense. Yes. We, since it's a Friday night, Saturday night race, we've got two two races, and uh, let's go. Yes. All right. What are we looking like uh, weather wise? Uh, August in Daytona. <laughs> oh, surprise, surprise. Afternoon showers and thunderstorms. Oh, wow. Plus, I know. I know. Uh, crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> uh, possibly lasting in the afternoon hours. Uh, daytime highs, highs both days near 90. Race time temps both days near 80. Uh, Saturday looks like the chance of showers and thunderstorms will go later into the evening hours, but not much past sunset. Uh, I think that both races will run and run to completion, but there may be some delays in the start times. All righty. Cool. All right. Well, there we have it. I mean, nothing, nothing anyone didn't expect. So uh, no, no, pretty straightforward. Yes. yes. All right. Well, lab traffic nation. If you don't want to hear Aaron and I talk uh, some heavy Michigan and big 10 football, uh, fast forward a bit. I can't tell you how long to fast forward, but <laughs> if you're still fast forwarding and you hear Aaron's voice still, then that means we're still talking football. So, uh, but uh, let's let's dive in. Yes, that is that is the Michigan marching band introducing what is now. I think I think this is. I mean, you've been on for five years now. Uh, did we do it the first year too? You were on. I don't think so. Okay. I don't think no, so. No, because I know the one year. I think the year we actually kicked this thing off. Uh, Matt Tift was on to uh, yes. throw in some Ohio State uh, in in the mix there, and you know we all know what happened last year with Ohio State. So we'll uh, we'll see. All right. Well, and that'll be towards the end of the segment. So. Yes. Yes. Um, all right, before we get into the, the, the weekly pickums here and our preview of the schedule, um, what, uh, you know, what, what, what are you excited about? What are you nervous about? Uh, do, where, where's our gaps? Where's our strengths and weaknesses this year? Well, I want to, the first issue I had written down is like, this is, is this the first year in a, this is the first year in a long time where we're saying it's Harbaugh's job in jeopardy. Right. No, we're not, you know, and, but so that it's interesting you say that because I wonder if we're going to be talking about that next year. You know, we had all of the speculation uh, after Big Ten championship game, national, you know, the playoffs and all of that. Uh, you know, Harbor, he what was it, Minnesota? He interviewed for. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, the Viking, the, the Vikings, Vikings listeners, yeah, the Vikings. Yeah, yes, for the Viking <laughs> fans out there, how um, how long? 
will we, you know, is this just going to be a yearly thing? Because it's been a yearly thing that, uh, you know, oh, Harbaugh's leaving. He's done. He's he's going to go, um, you know, he's going back to the NFL. Oh, this year, really? He's going, no, no, no. We mean it this year. He's going back to the, I mean, we've heard that the last four years, you know, so. I, you know, I want to sit here with my rose colored glasses on. I guess maybe my more my maize colored glasses. <laughs> And I'm going to say this is going to be a year where he's not going to be looking at an NFL position at the end of the season that he's going to say, okay, we're, I'm not going to give away my outlook, but you know, we're going to approach postseason game. We've had a great season. Uh, I don't, I want to be here in Ann Arbor and think that's ultimately what he has to ask himself because he shouldn't be sitting around the end of every every season saying, do I want to be in Ann Arbor for another year? It should be, you know, it, it should just, you know, maybe at some point he gets tired of it, maybe, but I hope not in the next five. Right. Like, I want to see him stay around. I want to see if, as long as he's successful and as long as he's putting together a good program, clean program, as much as anybody has a clean, clean program these days. Right, right, right. Well, and that's two. the thing, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's two things you brought up there. One, successful, and two, clean program. Um, you know, we all know what the you know, debacle went down with Saban and, and the allegations between him and I can't remember the other school, uh, you know, a couple months ago or whatever that was. Um, you know, the Texas A&M. Yeah. Yes, thank you, thank you. Um, you know, NASCAR, right? You know, if you're not cheating, you're not winning. And if you're not cheating, you're not trying to win kind of thing. And, you know. Uh, from a college football perspective, that, that's really kind of what it boils down to. How can you, you know, manipulate and stretch things to get the recruits to want to come, you know, and it boils down to should they be paid, should they not be paid, should, you know, uh, donors be able to contribute towards, the, you know, all of this uh, that, that plays a factor, no doubt, in, in recruiting and where players want to go. Um, you know, so I guess, you know, how, how, how much are you okay with things being stretched? Well, I, I'm, I'm, I don't want to see, okay. The, the NIL rules and the pay player rules, I think they're going to get shuffled out, sorted out. But I think it's going to happen with that's going to be is the football is going to be moved under a new jurisdiction and whether that's, and I've read that over the last couple of days. Okay. When where do you football think happen? Uh, they're saying 24, okay. 24, 25. And so that's, that's right when the big just, tens look at, or that's when the conferences are kind of looking to do their shuffle too, isn't it? Right. The conferences will do their big shuffles. The con the football contracts or the broadcast contracts for the playoffs are up. And maybe at the time you add, add four teams and make it eight. I don't oh, see. I, I, Cause yeah, there's I know, no yeah. point. Like, you know, and, and man, uh, this is what I wanted to do is get off on tangents was, you know, I there is absolutely zero purpose, in my opinion, behind the bowl games from a fan perspective. I get it. I get the money draw. But because of the fact of the bowl games really don't mean much anymore, uh, you know, unless you make the playoffs, you know, you've got so many players sitting out to avoid risking injury, which I totally get. Like, why would I you go too. play in the you know, uh, you know, 
whatever Fiesta Bowl uh, to go risk injury uh, when that could impact your draft stock in a payday. Like, that is a no-brainer, in my opinion. You know? Yeah, I, I, I see that for some seniors, and I see that, that that's their option. That's their right. But if you have a good – here, I'm going to come in in defense of the bowl system. One, if you can integrate some of the bigger bowls into um, the playoff system, that's great. Now, is it? I don't even think it's a cherry. It's the Motor City Bowl, right. Little Caesar yeah, Motor City right. Bowl. Yeah, yeah. I may there may not be a need for that, but I think there's good rewards in having these bowl games where the teams that have good seasons, maybe you know, having thirty something, forty bowls, and having not having enough eligible teams. Right. Like what does to go. that tell you? We have too many bowls. I'll mm-hmm. agree with that. But we have maybe you go back to twenty bowls. Sure. And we don't have to play a bowl in the Bahamas. We don't need to play a bowl in well, Fenway Park or Yankee Stadium. Students, you know, like to go get to see a. You, you know, mean the student athletes or yeah, the? Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent that. Yeah, one hundred percent that is a reward to the team for a good season that you're going and doing something. Some of my best, honestly, some of my best memories growing up are being part of the Michigan football program. War from the bowls. Sure. Yeah. No. For sure. Um, all right, let's, uh, the other thing you had mentioned there was success, uh, in relation to Harbaugh, what determines a successful year this year, you know, because if, if they don't, and, and this is where it gets tricky because, you know, Harbaugh's taken so much flack over the last couple of years, obviously last year was a successful season. Um, you know, does he have to get back to the big 10 championship game? for this to be considered another successful year for Jim Harbaugh. No. I am with you. I think du- I double digit wins. Yes. Because it because the, the path to the Big 10 championship game this year goes through Columbus. Yes. Next year goes through Ann Arbor. Yeah. So it's just the way the Big 10 East is going to be until that gets structured out itself and I know there's been talk about changing games in conference and maybe it's not I know the Pac-10 or Pac-12, 16, 14, I lose track, uh, is going to this where it's not north-south anymore. He's going to play north-south, but it's the best two teams in the conference. Okay. Now, that may wind up still being a Michigan-Ohio State thing, but then you could say say the best two teams in the conference are Michigan and Ohio State. Whoever, you could have a back-to-back game where it's the regular season finale and then I think a week off and then you go play the, big, the conference the championship game. game. And it may be Michigan Ohio State again. This is really comes down to saying these are the best two teams, whether you look at overall a look at conference record, then you look at overall record, then you bring in some other metrics. Sure. Like so I could possibly get behind that. I think before I would want to go to that I, I'm good with that if they don't restructure the the you know east and west if you know and and you would think they'd have to with an expansion right like they'd have to to redraw some lines here yeah um, I agree yeah you know because and, you're gonna have to put you'll have to put UCLA and USC in the west and you're gonna move two west teams east yes yeah so and for I mean just thinking out loud uh, you know. Is is Illinois West or East? Uh, I believe they're West. West, right? So you're either maybe looking at Illinois, Wisconsin, 
Uh, yeah, or, you'd want to keep it balanced. You could. I wouldn't want to say Illinois from a football standpoint. I would have want to say Illinois Northwestern. No. No, yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You want to keep some form of balance there, which is what's been, you know, one of my biggest gripes is that you've got three, the top three schools, performance-wise over the last couple of years in the same conference in Michigan, Michigan State, and Ohio State, uh, and even throw Penn State in that mix. Like you got four, uh, you know. So you know, Wisconsin had almost a dominant run at it the last couple of years from their division perspective, if you will. Yeah, but that tends to rotate too. Maybe because Michigan had its down years, Ohio State's had its down years, but it's been a long time. Every every team has their down years, sure. So that tends that I think that tends to rotate. I wouldn't jump the gun and say, oh, we need to realign because of imbalance. It just makes you know, Nebraska's got to get its act together. Um, you know, there's some teams in the West that aren't good, but Nebraska's not. Minnesota's coming. It's on the come. It seems like. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm with you there. Um, all right. Well, before we get to uh, our pickums here, uh, and throwing a curveball at you here too. So if I need to rant for rumble or, or go on for a minute to let you pull this up, uh, you know, looking at the you know AP top twenty-five. Uh, is, is there anyone on here that's a, an overrank and underrank someone missing? What, uh, what, what do you think from the, the preseason AP top 25 here? I honestly think, and I, I actually had this pulled up. So it's good like call we on that know one. each other so well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I think Notre Dame's perpetually overrated at the beginning of the season. Yeah. I just, don't, I, I think maybe the one thing, the big question mark they're going to have is their new good coach. I, I know they're excited about him. I know they're, I'd say happy to get rid of, um, shoot, the guy who went to Notre, uh, went to LSU. Oh yeah. I know who you're talking about Brian, Brian Kelly. Yep. Yes. Yes. Um, I mean, to me, you know, I agree. Notre Dame's probably overranked. They always seem to be in the top 10. Uh, but and, and to play devil's advocate, I feel like, you know, I don't Michigan wasn't even ranked to start the season last year. I don't believe you were um, correct. You know, so but years past, I feel like Michigan's probably gotten a namesake uh, top 25, uh, if you will. Uh, but I'm, I'm a little uh, butthurt, if you will, that Michigan, as strong as they are, uh, didn't get a and, – and, hey, I understand this is so inflated here, just preseason. We don't know really anything. But for Michigan to come in eighth behind Notre Dame, who shit the bed last year, like, um, come on now. Okay, I'm looking at the coaches' poll where they're sixth but still behind Notre Dame. But, yeah, yeah right? I, I, I don't see it. I, I don't see why. Michigan is behind Notre Dame. Yes. Um, you know, I look at the top 10, and I'm going to go this is on the coaches poll, Bama, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson, Notre Dame, Michigan, A&M, Utah, Oklahoma, Baylor. I don't really see a reason. Maybe you could go make an argument for Baylor over Oklahoma sure. or Utah over Texas A&M, but I don't see anybody there who says, oh, my God, it's, I, why are they there? The, next, the first one that I say to – Oh my gosh! Why are they there? Is NC State? Maybe I just don't even know the ACC. Well, I t so the one that was for me was, uh, you know, I'm very curious about Cincinnati, right? Because Cincinnati spent almost the entire season in fourth last year, right? Or am right. I wrong? You know, and that sounds right. And and they're sitting at 23rd. You know, they didn't play anybody 
in the regular season. And I, I was, I, I just feel like if you've got a cakewalk schedule, like that should just, that should impact your ranking to a degree. And I just don't feel, and I know it does a little bit, but I just don't feel like it's like once you get up there, you know, it, it's almost impossible to jump somebody uh, you know, if, if everybody's winning that weekend, you know what I mean? Like you lose, no yeah. questions asked, but if, if you win, right. once you're up there, it, it's, it's hard to get jumped if you're winning. So I, here's where I'm a little confused on what you're saying. Okay. We, we agree that Cincinnati was number four last year, made the college football playoffs may or may not have deserved to be there. They beat who they were supposed to beat. They beat the teams that were ahead of them yes. final. Yeah. Polls we're looking at. I've got them at 22. You've got them at 23. Do you think they should not be receiving votes at all? No, no, or no. I'm, no uh, I'm, I'm other just, teams receiving votes, I I'm, should say. I'm just speaking, you know, in in a general sense from last year. Like I think there were teams that had a stronger uh, strength of schedule, if you will, that could have had that number four seat and, and maybe changed some things a little bit. That's that's true. That's true. But how do you? Yeah, you're, but also we got to the point where it winds up being really equation based. That a lot of this becomes metrics oh, in yeah yeah in yeah. eye test they were beaten who they had beat, in you know they were undefeated they did what they had to do and I think it's good for them to have the opportunity to go play in the foot in the playoffs, and maybe yeah. it'll be a different team this year. I mean I'm looking looking here and who who could come in who could come in as a shocker this year. Well, you have to. I think you have to go to the AAC teams for that. Where it's where it is a Houston or like a couple in the past couple of years, it's been a USF or a UCF. Yep. That kind of come in and they're going to go ten and one. They lost their, they lost a non-conference game at South Carolina or right. Clemson, where they're playing a conference or they're playing an in-state rival because they've got three good in-state rivals that you know could stand up against them. Sure. Uh, funny thing, when I pulled up the, the rankings for the first time, uh, I thought I was looking at the uh, basketball rankings because there's a lot of basketball schools in this top 25. Yeah, it does does kind of harken to a little bit of old school on right? this one, too. It's <laughs> yeah, you've got uh, bail. You know, look at the well, look at the big 12 teams. You've got three big 12 teams sitting on the month coaches fall at nine, 10 and 11. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, all right. Uh, what do you say, sir? Shall we, shall we dive into, uh, some picks here? We can do that. Right. I look forward to it. All right. We are kicking off the season here in just two weeks. Uh, we are opening at home. All right. So first of all, uh, I mean, and, and this is where things are going to get interesting. And before we get started in this, I, I, you know, from the last time you were on, uh, you know, you, you talked me into making some bets because we did an impromptu run through of the, uh, Detroit lions <laughs> schedule the last time you were on. And I talked myself into making the bet for the lions at plus six and a half wins for the season. Um, and I, I, I mean, spoiler, I did take Michigan's plus nine and a half wins. I would do that. And yeah. then I got real ballsy and I threw a third bet down and parlayed the two. So, uh, um, okay. I'll ask what was the third bet? Uh, I, so I did a hundred for each. Uh, and then I think I did 50 on the parlay. Oh, oh I saw, Okay. You parlayed the two. I thought you threw a third one in. Oh no, 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 what's, no. 
what states? What's uh, Michigan State's eight? I would I would guess eight and a half. Uh, if you can talk about something, I can look that up first. I can Sorry. always talk All about right. something. You, you do. You. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, honestly, the biggest thing we had to talk about going into this is who's the starting quarterback. Well, still I would, not decided. I would. Well, so, I mean, that's just been Michigan's uh, mo for a long time. To and I think you and I are going to lean this. Well, you know, I, I think you and I are going to lean the same way coming out of this one. That yeah, you know, McCarthy has more upside than McNamara has more poison stability he proved himself in 21 yes no i agree and i guess my my biggest thing is is how long does he stick around knowing that he is you know probably going to be sitting you know on the bench again (sighs) yeah but this is this is mcnamara's last year right yes and then one more year yeah dude and we're gonna get you in and honestly you've got to think i mean Starting quarterbacks don't always have the best record of staying healthy for the whole season. That's true. That's and true. there are going to be some, or there are going to be some early games where you might even be able to put him in at halftime. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the the first four come to mind. Yeah. I, yeah. I know that's exactly like I don't even break. Honestly, I don't even break the first four down. Yeah. What? Uh, and, all right. And, and I mentioned this, and we didn't we didn't get to it. So real quick, uh, from a, a strength and weakness perspective, where where's oh, yes. where's the team's strengths? Where where's our weaknesses? Uh, I think the weakness. Well, I hate to say weakness. I think the place with the biggest question marks is going to be offensive line again. Okay. Uh, I, I there's going to be a bit of a shuffle. I know they're going to be they're going to slot some players in. I don't think it's been a I don't think it's been a question mark in the offseason, but to me, having two new players in there, having and it's just you're going to have to get the rhythm down and, you know, good preseason. You know, Harbaugh made the comment, of course he did, that they're further ahead this season than where they were at this point last season. And sure. I, I, you know, I, 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 you know, I actually have a little confidence and have some confidence in that statement. Um, yeah, the skill position players, I think they're good. I think they're uh, coming in with a year of more maturity. Uh, defensive, you know, linebackers, I think linebackers are good, not great. I think, again, graduations hit them. But I think, you know, I think they're going to be a very solid all-around team. They're going to be uh, ground and pound, and but they have the ability to put over to the top. I think they definitely have a shot at the uh, college football playoffs this year. Excellent. I, I am with you there. Um, I I would say their their biggest weakness is that, in my opinion, we'll, we'll kind of go back to what I was talking about with Cincinnati is is their their schedule. I mean, you know they they've got only four road games, um, which to me that that basically solidified my bet. Like all you have to do is win at home and two road games, and you clear the nine and a half, and right. that I think is doable. Um, so, all right. Well, what do you say? You ready? Let's let's yeah. let's do this. Uh, I'm good right. to go. Well, so, oh, real quick to answer your question, uh, Michigan State's over under wins is seven and a half, sir. Seven and a half. Oof! I'd want to go take a look at their, their regular their I say preseason schedule, the right? exhibition games. Yeah, no, I'm, I think I'm, they should be better than that. I would I, I would think I would want to walk through it, but right? not today. Right. Uh, that's a right. different show. That, that's, yes, different show. All right. September 3rd at home at the big house, Colorado State coming to a uh, what, what is this now? A uh, hundred. What's what's the seat total? Hundred and hundred and fourteen. Something like that. Yeah. And, and they keep paying the, the numbers close, closer. Yes, they, they do. 
Uh, Michigan opening up favorite at minus 27 and a half. Wow. Uh, I I think they cover that all day. They may cover I that in the first half. Uh, I was yes. just thinking the exact same thing. Oh, the, the thing that'll get interesting here is I think they cover the 27 and a half. Um, it will just depend on the, uh, the, the total is 57 and a half. Now, here's the total, and it's not out yet, but as we get closer – what I will be doing is, and, and this is a no-brainer, I will be taking the spread. I'll be taking the first half spread. I will be taking probably the first quarter spread as well. And I'll take first half over because depending on if they open up, you know, if it's if it's 49 nothing, uh, you know, we know Harbaugh does like to run up the scoreboard. But I think to get to that 57, 58 mark, uh, you know, Colorado State's going to need to put up a few as well, and I just don't know that they're going to be able to. Well, doing the math real quick, that would be 42-15, 42 mm-hmm. Yeah, just, maybe you give them two touchdowns late. But you may, yeah, you know, and that's the thing. I, I, the I wouldn't bet in, on it, but I could, I could, I could justify it, but I wouldn't put money on it. Yes, no, I'll, yeah, that's what I said. You know, I'll, I'll look at the first half. Uh, and that'll look, that'll look strong. All right, so uh, I think we both got a W down there. Yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, September 10th, uh, Hawaii making the long trip in. Um, you know, I and leaving and leaving with a big check. <laughs> yes, a huge check. Uh, that that's the perk there, right? Uh, obviously, W's there, and obviously the spreads probably are going to be. I, I could see them being even bigger. To be honest, I could see that. Ooh, I don't know. I don't know how Hawaii. I don't know much enough about Hawaii. They typically have very strong line play. I'm not saying they're going to lose the game, but I could see that Michigan may try to run up the score, but may not. I'm not but sure how the defense is. The only reason why I could say that, I mean, jet lag's just got to be a pain in the ass. It is. That, yeah, so, yeah, because you're. You know? <laughs> yeah, because yeah, you wake up for a noon start and it's five in the morning there. Yeah, Boy, and it's and an eight five in the morning back at home. Too. It's a night game. Oh. Well, so, then it's a day, essentially a day game for them. They get the day to adjust, but yeah. Uh, all right, September seventeenth, UConn comes to town. Uh, I, I'll be honest. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. My, I think I've seen more Hawaii games than I have UConn games. So. The the thing I'll say about this, I, I would maybe like manufacture up a one to put in front of the scoreboard. <laughs> I love it. That would be amazing. All right. So because, we'll, uh, we'll yeah, I'm not sure they're going to put up 100 points, but it's going to be a romp in this. And this is not in the know, but this is me being cynical. This game was done as a favor to people at Connecticut because Ward, that's where Ward was AD before Got coming here. Got it. Okay. All right. Interesting. Good to know there. Uh, all right. September 24th, my uh, wedding anniversary, uh, which Michigan played on. My uh, I, we we did get married on a Saturday, obviously September. Uh, we got married, and we made sure. And I shit you not, when it came to picking, <laughs> when it came to picking a date, uh, I flat out told Lindsay, I said it needs to be around a game that is going to be a meaningless game, and uh, I am actually going to look up who did <laughs> Michigan football play. Hold on. Let's see here. Play on September 24th. 
2011. Uh, they played San Diego State. So, yeah, that was a meaningless game. So I did good work there. <laughs> who's a head coach? Well, okay, real quick, who's a head coach? Oh, I'm going to go with Hoke. I think That's what Hoke. I think, too, yes. because in Hoke, yes. Hoke had come from San Diego yes. State. Yep. Uh, all right. So Maryland, uh, first Big Ten game. Uh, but I've, I've got us uh, with a W there, sir. Agreed. All right. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Michigan's first road game, not till October 1st, headed to Iowa. I am very, very nervous about this game. I, I'll be honest. I don't know. I think Iowa lost quite a few uh, seniors. They did. Um, yep. But even though they did. Uh, they have a chip on their shoulder from the ass kicking they got uh, at the Big Ten championship game. Uh, I, I am I'm nervous about this one. What do you think? Uh, it's going to be a ground grain to that one. I think it's going to be an emotional game because I can see both teams being 4-0 going into this game. It's going to be a night. I really would think it's going to be a night game. Uh, I can see Iowa being ranked by that point, although they're preseason. Uh, they actually have a uh, FB, FCS team they're playing in one of their preseason game or not conference games. Same thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. That, <laughs> I get myself into that NFL mindset yep, here. Yep. I, I think Michigan's going to win. It's going to be a grinded out game. I would, you know, not knowing what the over under is going to be, I would lean towards it being a lower scoring game. Um, but yeah, I think Michigan's going to be going to fly home with a win. I, 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 I think so too. I think this is going to be like a, a, a 16, 13 kind of game right there. That's about what I was thinking. Yeah. Yep. Uh, all right. Not only is that our first road game, but we actually have back to back road games. Uh, October 8th going to Indiana, sir. Struggling Indiana team out struggled last year. I don't see him being any better this year. Uh, simply saying a win. So I'm with you there. I'm going to put down the W as well. Uh, but I think like this is one of like the biggest win streaks for Michigan. I think they've beat Indiana like some crazy amount of times in a row. Yes. And and yep. one of these one of these days, you know, we're 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 just going to have to take our medicine when we play Indiana, but I don't think uh, it's this year. It's not going to be this year. And if it didn't happen under Rich Rod or Hoke, it's not going to happen under Harbaugh. Har right. <laughs> All right. We are back home October 15th against Penn State, sir. Uh, after two road games, but they're going to be tired. Uh, but they do traditionally play Penn State well at home. Uh, I think after three close quarters, Michigan's going to pull ahead and win. I'm with you. I am with you there. Uh, we then have our bye week, and then uh, we welcome in-state rival, uh, preseason-ranked 15th Michigan State, sir. And they're uh, looking at the numbers, and I think they're only – one of two ranked opponents we're facing right now. Now, things will change in a regular season, but Ohio State's ranked, Michigan State's ranked. They're the only two ranked teams we're facing. Yes. At the, yeah, right? Yep. But I think an extra week to prepare, extra week to recover after some really tough games, um, stretch of games, I, it sounds like a win to me. I think they're going to play hard, playing at home, um, Hall pretty close to Halloween weekend. Right. <laughs> which always makes – which always makes for spooky things in Michigan Stadium. Yeah, no, I am. Uh, I'm with you there. Uh, 
you know, Michigan State's won uh, the last two, uh, which have been, you know, I mean, the last two game, the last two years, Michigan State's won, uh, and and they've stolen both of those. The 27-24, We had that one football or the football touch, (laughs) one touchdown that was called back last year. Right. Uh, I I mean, I think Michigan should be riding a four-game win streak, uh, but we're riding a two-game losing streak. Uh, Michigan, I think, mollywops. Michigan State this year so yeah I think it's gonna yeah, it's there. definitely gonna be a definitive win there and then honestly the next three games we can keep this a little tight oh yeah I mean that's uh, Rutgers Nebraska Illinois uh that's that's three W's there uh that's a no-brainer with those three as far as I'm concerned you have nothing to add to that no uh all right so I I mean I think this is a first for us that we have Michigan undefeated headed into the Ohio State game. And I think even a bigger first for us is that we agree on every single game so far. Yes, yes. Which means we're really going to fuck this up. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No worries. Um, All right. Um, Going into the shoe, November 26th, um, Ohio State, Michigan. I I mean, I'll I'll just say it. Uh, I think Ohio State is going to be Bama-esque this year and i i think that uh michigan takes their pill uh from from last year's win and michigan comes away with a with a with an l on the schedule here i i agree um well i think it was one of the rocky movies i predict pain yes yeah it is uh defense had now defense has seven graduating starters for Ohio State, but that may be a chance for them to get better. Fuel line questions, but I don't think it's going to stop them. Uh, Stroud, thirty in the Heisman talk. I guess technically McNamara is too, but we don't even know it's his starter. But yeah, I think uh, Ohio, State, uh, Ohio, Ohio State gets the win, goes to the um, Big Ten championship game, Michigan. So then I would say probably. Unless the West, somebody, whoever's coming out of the West is really solid, Michigan goes to the Rose Bowl. Yes. Nope. I'm, I'm with you there. Uh, which Michigan does not have the best record at the Rose Bowl. The last no, I was, part, I was part of one of those losses. So, yeah, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, so that, that regard, I mean, it, it's. it's. I, I would it, rather go there than any. Uh, if I'm not going to the playoffs. Yes, I want to go to the Rose Bowl. Bowl. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. And at that point, we're we're talking potentially an 11-1 season, uh, losing on the road to Ohio State. That's just going to be a leaps and bounds. Uh, you know, unless some crazy injuries, things like that, happen to even that matchup up, uh, I don't think you could you could get too upset about that situation there. So. No, no, it's a revenge match, and they're uh, on paper, which is why we play the games, but on yep. paper, they're a better team. Yes. But this goes back to where we started the conversation. It 11 and one, you're going to the Rose bowl, no matter how you do in Rose bowl is Harbaugh's job at risk. Does he think about leaving? Not if they're 11 and one. Agreed. Not if they're 11 and one. Now, uh, you know, if, if something crazy happens from Michigan side of things and we finish the season nine and three, uh, you know, then then I think all of the normal speculation that we have seen uh, over the last few years is is right back on the table. 
Right. You know, you have something crazy happen like, you know, Harbaugh's 84 season when he was, he broke his arm during the Michigan state game. And then we went through three more quarterbacks. Yep. Uh, to just even get the six and six. Yep. Yep. I'm with you. All right, sir. Well, lap traffic nation. If, if you've stuck with us this 40 minutes, which means this show is going long. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that. Cause we don't do that. I, I will often. say thank you. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, sir, that was fun. It, it's always a blast because there's not very many people that, uh, you know, you can just dive deep in and break things down like that with um, from a NASCAR football perspective, all of that. So that was fun. It's our uh, annual tradition. And, you know, I'm, I'm all about tradition. So there you go. And I, I am, too. And I don't say this enough. I'm glad to be part of the show. Glad to be back on a regular basis and uh, glad to be part of uh, the bigger team. Absolutely. Appreciate your brother. All right. Lab Traffic Nation. Uh, make sure you uh, catch uh, Aaron with all of his weather updates as we head into a potential uh, little wet rainy Daytona weekend here. But nonetheless, we'll get things going Saturday night. Uh, sir, appreciate you. We'll catch you in a couple weeks. Sounds good. Take care. Have a good one. Thanks, man. We'll see ya. Later. Oh, Live Traffic Nation, that was fun. Uh, if you did stick around for that, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, yes, I mean, Newdorf as well. We, we love our Big Ten college football, so uh, that's what you've got to look forward to from now till uh, the end of the NASCAR season uh, is, is some Michigan and Purdue, and we'll see what else we need to throw in the mix uh, for sure. So there's that. Uh, all right, some dogs barking there uh let's 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 get to some lucky dog lap down picks um my lucky dog is is a is kyle larson kinda um and that's just just because hey it's it's a win ended a little mini drought for him uh you know but we all know what's going on over there in the hms camp so uh we'll see how long that lasts my lap down mcdowell um I think it would have been awesome if he could have picked up the win this weekend. One, just because of the chaos I want to see within the uh, playoffs uh, as, as far as the potential of 17 winners that is no more. Uh, but, uh, you know, it was a bummer. They, they had a good car. They, they were going at it, but uh, just didn't have it there at the end. Um, all right. Let's get to uh, your tweeted responses. Uh, there are a lot of them, which I absolutely love. I think it's only going to get bigger as uh, we get towards the playoffs here. So without further ado, Scott at 1985 Wagner's lucky dog is uh, Kyle Larson, uh, broommaster for Hendrick Cars. Lap down. My LT fantasy, both late restarts killed a two win weekend. Ouch. Yeah. Uh, Ty Gibbs burned a lot of people. Uh, as as well this weekend for sure uh chris at usmc underscore nascar fire lucky dog the xfinity race leaps and bounds better than the cup race the cup tire sucked lap down uh the ross chastain uh dgaf tour took out kimmy and that sucked yeah i yeah that that's a good one that's a funny shirt i should make something like that for lap down lucky dogs or something that's what i should do I need to create a lucky dog shirt for the podcast. Oh, that might actually sell. People might actually buy that. Oh, see, now the wheels are turning. The wheels are turning on a lucky dog shirt with the lap traffic logo. Something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
All right. Well, well, well. Okay. Uh, CJ at CJ LaPearl. Lucky dog. NASCAR handled the rain situation very well. Didn't start too soon with standing water and started with single file start. Uh, Learned lessons from Coda. Lap down Martin Truex Jr. Two good tracks for him the past two weeks and no dice. Chances at playoffs are dwindling. Yeah, man, I was stunned. Like you got you, Richmond and a road course and, 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 and didn't just like come up short. Like we're not talking he finished fifth or something like that. I mean, just not even on the radar, which is crazy. Uh, Colin at Colin underscore with underscore cars. Lucky dog to the hype this race got Kimmy was fun to watch the racing was great all day lap down to NASCAR for not starting the race in the rain we all wanted to see it uh David real David Kahn lucky dog Kyle Larson if he didn't push Elliot like he did he wouldn't have won lap down Kyle Bush I hope he soon signs somewhere so he can get back to racing like KFB not like Bodine (laughs) wow burn (laughs) jason at jstone 29 lucky dog larson for taking the lead against the dinger lap down the panel for acting like giddy school kids when chase took the lead for a minute side note this road course hits different for nascar unlike the rest of the cluster plucks they try to run and ruin like the brickyard uh jess at iowa nascar fan lucky dog larson different circumstances both days but out to duel almondinger two days in a row in a road course is quite the accomplishment not wrong not wrong at all lap down mcdowell great run but the golden ticket to the playoffs slipped through his fingers yep you and i are on the same page there my man uh matt at camper news net lucky dog nascar learning its lessons from coda last year handling the rain and standing water very well Lap down Chase Elliott, very dominant day and couldn't get it done. Mick at Go Ducks 5 underscore Mick. Uh, Lucky Dog, Young Money, and all the guys with Hendrick. Uh, cars.com logo on their uniform would be big mad if Larson didn't send it. Lap down, it's 2022. I have been watching racing most of my life, and I still don't know what's going on to cause a caution in NASCAR. Oh, Mick, I love that. That's fantastic. That is great. You know, I, I don't know if I said this last week or not or last time I was on, you know, but they've got the technology to tell if a they've got electronic penalties basically on pit road. How can they not have electronic penalties on the track to some degree, right? Like they've got so many cameras, uh, you know, I, I would think at some point, you know, you should be able to spot something. And if it fails then boom penalty um or caution so to speak you know like mm, i i just i wonder i wonder where the the next generation of determining cautions is going to go because something's got to get addressed but maybe it doesn't you know that human element of it you know you look at football you know one ref one ref's pass interference is not another ref's pass interference and you know, that that's that's something that you just have to play around in terms of, you know, your the, the game, you know, so that that very well just might be maybe NASCAR doesn't do anything from a next gen thing there in terms of calling a caution. And, and it just is the human element. And we just got to race around it. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, and last but not least, Rowdy at the Rowdy Dragon, Lucky Dog, the five. Kyle Larson stayed in position to make it happen at the end. A lap down, Todd Gilliland's car brakes while running up front. Tough luck. Uh, all right. There you have it. 
Uh, let's close this thing out with some lap traffic fantasy. Just a reminder, get your picks in by 5 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Check the website if you need to to see uh, who you still have available. If you need to see who you have available, keep the Twitter interaction up using hashtag LTFantasy. This is it, everyone. Uh, we are down to the last race of segment two. Someone's going to be taking home some hardware. Uh, and I'm telling you that it's it's not over by a long shot. Uh, it, there there could be some movement. It's We're headed to Daytona. We all know what that means. So uh, we'll get to that in just a minute. Joining me on the line, making his first appearance on the show, but I think he's been playing in the league for a minute. It's Josh Wolfie. Josh, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, I'm good. Excellent. How you? Yeah. Welcome to the show, man. Uh, you've been playing a minute, haven't you? Uh, this is my second year. Second year. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. Cool. cool. Yeah. Um, what uh, What did you think of the Glen this weekend? Uh, I thought it was a pretty good race. I mean, the the beginning was uh, interesting with all the rain, and then it kind of was boring a little bit. But then the end was picked it up. It was pretty good at the end. Seems to be the mo the last few weekends, right? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, let's see here. You had uh, Chase and Dinger for 92 points this week, which was uh, solid for a week high there. Uh, You're on all of the leaderboards. You're on the top 10. You're in the bonus points. uh, The the cumulative standings, all good things there. Uh, We will run down our top 10 here. Segment two. uh, In first place, Pete Kervin with 1246. In second place, just one point back with 1245, David James. Uh, Brett Morris dropped this week. Uh, a lot of people took Ty Gibbs, and that killed a lot of people this week. That's why there's so much movement here. Uh, Brett dropped to third with 1232, but still close. Uh, Josh, you're in fourth, 1228. I mean, anything can happen. Uh, I'm in fifth yeah. with 1217. Henry Fletcher in sixth with 1204. Uh, Jeff and Rob are tied for seventh with 1203. Uh, Kristen Hogland, who is our segment one winner, she's up to ninth in segment two, and or I'm sorry, eighth. Kim James in ninth, and the uh, Blind Spot podcast wraps out our top ten there. So uh, that's our top ten segment two bonus points. Kristen Hogland in first with 17. David James in second with 14. Uh, Tony LeBay in third with 12. We got Brad. Henry Fletcher, Jason, uh, Josh, man, you're you're uh, you got 11 bonus points that are going to carry over for you, as well as some bonus points you'll earn, which is awesome. Uh, let's see, uh, Brian Hall, Justin Hughes, Kyle Garrett, Logan Cummings, Mark Ludington, all have 10. So nice job there. And then the cumulative standings, Kristen Hogland. Uh, still in first with 2427. Uh, I don't think she's going anywhere. Uh, she, she's got a commanding lead. Second place, Henry Fletcher, uh, 2335. Justin Hughes in third, 2305. And here's where, here's where things are just so tight throughout the rest of the running. Uh, just five, pay, uh, five points back and forth. Kim James, 2300 even. Uh, Steven with 2290. Brett Morrison, 6, 2283. Josh, you're in seventh with 2280. Robert Riggs, 2279. David James, 2278. 
John Etwitzel, 2267. Uh, lap traffic in 11th, 2264. Studwell dropped from like 4th to 12th with 2254. Blind Spot Pod, 2253. 14th, Kevin Hahn, 2250. Jason Dickus, 15th, 2248. John Warrington, 16th, 2246. Uh, and then just to show, 17th, uh, Matt Crowd is only two points back. 18th, Michael Mason, 2217. So um, it is anybody's game still to potentially make or fall out of the playoffs there, sir. You've had a pretty solid season all the way around. Uh, how'd you finish in segment one? Uh, I, I think I was about 30th. It wasn't it wasn't my greatest, but I I think I picked it up towards the end of se- segment one and then just carried it right into segment two. Excellent. I love it. All right, man. Well, what do you say? You ready to make some picks? Let's do it. All right. Lap Traffic Fantasy. We are headed to Daytona where we know things are going to get wild. Truex, Blaney, Jones, McDowell, Haley, Brad Keselowski, all looking for their first win and their last shot to lock themselves into the playoffs and all have success at the big super speedway at Daytona. Who will be able to survive the carnage and the big one as they look to lock themselves into the playoffs? And who will lock themselves into the lap traffic playoffs? We started with over 100 players. Only 16 are going to make it. Who will have their shot at a lap traffic trophy? We'll find out this weekend. But first, it's time for our picks. Alrighty, Josh, Xfinity Series, who are you going to risk it with? So I I think I still have uh, Noah Gregson left. He's usually good at uh, Daytona because he's won there at least once. So I'm going to go with Noah Gregson. Noah Gregson. Solid pick. I like it. Uh, I am going to assume Ty Gibbs is going to rebound from the chaos this weekend. And I am going to go with the 54 of Ty Gibbs. All right. Cup race. What are you thinking for this one? So I'm I'm thinking points since that's what I kind of need to just hold on to. Sure. So I'm just I'm kind of thinking that maybe I'm gonna go with Kevin Harvick because I think he'll stay in the back a little bit and then maybe everyone will wreck and he'll be at the end. Get, give me some points at the end. Solid strategy and you know like I I too had Harvick late available but I I, I used to bit. Oh, I didn't even use him at Michigan. I don't even remember where yeah. I used him at. But yes, no, that's that's solid strategy there. So here's where I'm at, Josh. I've got William Byron available still. I've got Alex Bowman. I've got Tyler Riddick. Uh, I've got Michael McDowell. And I tell you, I was going to go with McDowell, uh, but I think he is going to find himself in a Stenhouse position to where he is going to over race at some point and maybe get caught up on one. He is such he McDowell is one of the best plate racers out there. Uh, but I think he's going to 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 really over try to get the win. Uh, and I think that might cost him. So I've talked myself out of the 34. Um, I I think I am going to roll with the 48 and Alex Bowman this weekend. What do you think about that one? That's, that's a solid pick. I was, I was taking those guys, too, that needed a win, but they're checkers of record. So. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's the thing. It's 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 winner bust. And, yeah. I that, you know, I, if, I, if, if I was outside the top 16, I might have rolled with that. 
but I yeah. just need to cruise control my way onto the playoff grid. That's that's all I'm I'm worried about. So I'm that's, I'm with you there. That's my thinking exactly. Yes. All right. Well, Josh, listen, man. Uh, great to have you on the show. Uh, best of luck to you in the playoffs, and uh, who knows? Maybe we'll get you back on here before this thing's all said and done. Okay. Thank you. All right, man. Take care. We'll see ya. Uh, you too. Bye. bye. All right, Lab Traffic Nation, that is going to do it for episode 289. Make sure you check out the website, thelabtrafficpodcast.com, Facebook, TikTok, Twitch, Instagram, Twitter, all at Lab Traffic PC. Huge thanks to Steve Latart, Aaron Studwell, Josh Rolfe for calling in. Uh, I'll see what I can get lined up for next week. I'll be here next week. I promise you that. Don't get caught chasing the lucky dog. Make sure you tune in each and every week to the Lab Traffic Podcast. See ya. See ya.